Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to the Alpha Theta Flow podcast. This is Flow 757 and today I'm going to talk about how to get off the bandwagon. It's one of the things that I came across heaps early in my career in the fitness industry was people falling off the bandwagon or, you know, um, on a diet, off a diet. They did really well, uh, then they didn't do really well. Um, even language such as, when I got my best results, I did X. So I'm just going to do X again. And it got me questioning and thinking. So if if you're going to say that you got your best results doing X, why don't you have them now? Like what happened? So one of the things I come to learn is that, especially in this sort of like hustle, urgency environment that, you know, we can probably people listen to this can relate to and catch ourselves in is that it's actually not results that we want short like short-term results usually last short term and so it's not actually results that we want it's progression and for a lot of people they sacrifice long-term progression for short-term results Progression doesn't often look like results. It's hard to measure it. It's hard to uh, it's hard to market. If I have clients that got results over four years because they, you know, took the fucking time and progressed. If I went to the market and was like, "Hey guys, um, I've got this awesome four year program that if you stick to, your whole life will change," um, and it only take you four years every single week, multiple days a week. Who's interested? <laughs> like a lot of people are like, "Nah," because it doesn't happen at the end of four years, it happens through the process. And so the person, you know, they have a shift within themselves and then everything else shifts from there. And the shift often changes from like, oh, I have to go to the gym to I can't do something then, I've got to go to the gym. Like that's my gym day. And that couldn't be, maybe it's not gym, maybe it's tennis or I recently went back to cricket for the first time in 15 years. I played it a lot growing up. And so that was the kind of thing that's like, oh, I've got cricket that night. It, it's like, that's just, that's what I do. And so when this becomes a part of our language and a part of, you know, for lack of a better word, identity, things start to become non-negotiable. We don't have to fucking motivate ourselves or force ourselves or any of that sort of stuff. These are things that we do because they're, they're things that we enjoy. So people also do this with church. They do this with uh, TV shows. They do this with walking their dogs. They do this with work, obviously. Uh, they do this with school. People do this with a whole range of things. What my offer for you is, is what are you doing this with, for one? And then what are you trying to motivate yourself to do that's just not fucking working? Because this whole like get off the bandwagon, you know, like fell off the bandwagon kind of concept or they're yo-yoing good and bad food, these are all what's called black and white. You're either on or you're off. And here's the problem with, you know, getting on a bandwagon or um, I'm on a diet. With Within that language is inherent, if you're on something, it presupposes that there's the potentiality that you're going to be off it at some point. And so if I'm on a ship, there's a chance that I'm going to be off a ship at some point. It's literally embedded into the language and so when someone's on a diet not only the funniest thing i've heard is that dieting is just fat shaming yourself uh very funny um but 
if you're on something, it means that you can come off it again. But what's really interesting is that food is stuff that we consume every day. It's like breathing. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm on the bandwagon of breathing. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, we can tell. It's why, yeah, because you wouldn't be able to hear it this otherwise. Like, why the fuck are you saying that? And so food's exactly the same thing. So when we can actually start to remove away this identity or emotion from food, and it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy a delicious meal that we love with friends. Absolutely, we can do that. Yet we stop allowing this inanimate object effectively to have power over us, right? Oh, my problem is pasta. You know, pasta just does this. It's like pasta doesn't do shit. You eat pasta because you enjoy it. And as soon as you can acknowledge that, the easier it is. I remember hearing a client years ago say to me, oh, my problem is um, I just love good food. And I'm like, what, I fucking hate good food? Is that what this is? It's like, if you love good food, whatever that is means for you, just fucking eat good food. Just eat it and just... If you're gonna, if you're gonna be in battle with yourself about what you should be eating but you don't want to eat it, the problem isn't the food. The problem is how you're making meaning of it, how you're making sense of it, how you choose to restrict it. This is what's called all or nothing. And when I speak to people that are like, you know, I'm all or nothing when it comes to this, I was like, well, that's a fuck ton of nothing. It is a lot of nothing, and so. It's the kind of thing is that we will not change long-term. We don't get off the bandwagon unless we start to shift how we view and feel and make meaning of food. And this is where if I say diet, I'm assuming there's different thoughts, feelings, uh, meanings that come up for you with that word. I have a memory of a Garfield magnet on my fridge that said diet is just die with a T, right? But when I say food... Usually, food doesn't elicit the same type of response. Usually, food is pretty neutral. And so, when I look at nutrition, it has a different, a different meaning structure for a lot of people than what diet does. And so, deliberately, when I speak to people about this sort of stuff, I'll just talk about food or nutrition. Um, you know, what are you eating? You know, okay. So, so what is it? What's the outcome that you want? What do you want to do in then I go into coaching around how they're actually making meaning of things. And so I've had clients who would be secretive in their snacks. And what it came down for them was that actually being secretive in their snacks brought them back to a time in their childhood when they actually connected with their mother because they went to McDonald's, which had to be, was across town. They got an ice cream. That was a little, little treat, right? Treats as if we're like a fucking dog or something. That was their treat. And uh, as they were leaving, the mum's like, let's go have another one. It would be our little secret. And this person was starved of their mother's love and attention. We've, we, we talked about it. And so this whole idea of eating these little treats in secret helped that person create a connection to the mother. Now, I really enjoy sitting down and having a beer from tap. And I fully am aware of where that's from. When I was about 12 or 13... I didn't live with my dad at the time. He lived in Sydney. I lived down the far south coast of New South Wales and Eden, about six and a half hours away. And so I remember spending time with him in Sydney one time. We were, went to an IMAX theater, uh, to, you know, movies, and then a bit of shopping, I think, and then we sat down for a drink. And I would have been 13. Dad ordered me a lemonade, and he had a beer. And I remember that. I remember this clear as day, and I said to him, you know, what are we doing now? And he goes, oh, just watching the world go by. So a value in me 
that I'm aware of and I'm happy to maintain and keep at this stage of my life is sitting down watching the well go by uh, with either a coffee or a beer from tap. And I'm aware that that allows me to feel closer to that memory of my father. I'm fully aware of that. And so the thing about all this for us is that how many of those do we have? Each each one of us. And these are just two examples that that I'm aware of, let alone all the other ones. And so it's about breaking this down for ourselves and seeing food, movement, nutrition, and training, not diet and exercise. And as I say those words, if you reflect on it, what came up for you differently between those words? This is why semantics is really important and understanding what connections we have with what. My offer at the end of the day with all of this is find some type of movement you enjoy, that you enjoy, that you enjoy the people that you're with, you know, that, that keeps you interested. This cognitively is healthy. It's not just about the fucking calories you're burning. Cognitively, this is really, really healthy. We know that people survive in a, in a social setting, that, and especially in like um, retirement homes, in a social setting, they, people last longer. They, they are longer and healthier and happier for longer. I said longer twice, but you got it. So the same thing happens to us when we're in the social settings that we're in now, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60. It doesn't matter. Same thing. So doing something you enjoy around people that you enjoy is absolutely crucial for your health. And what do you fucking know? All of a sudden, you start to eat differently, right? But play is fundamental. And then looking at food as food, it grew from the ground or it had a mum. That's it. The more that we interact or interrupt that process as humans, the more interaction um, that we have with it, the less it becomes food. Doesn't mean you can't eat it. I know I know it's far healthier to have a beer with some mates and a good laugh than it is to bitch about someone over a salad. So health is more than that. But we just have to see food. Grew from the ground, had a mum. And from there, you're never on the bandwagon or off the bandwagon because we're always eating, like every day. That's normal. You're a fucking human. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> anyway, that's me done for today. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, then please like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. You can grab a copy of my book, Mining Yourself, online or in stores. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the inner game or the coach's circle, then head to alphathetaflow.com. Uh, the two programs that I run. But that's it for me. Big love, peace, and pizza. I'll see you all soon.